As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. And yes, I realize it's been less than 24 hours since we published the show, but many, many things have happened. And that is why I haven't even gotten home yet from the Sugar Bowl. I am in a parking lot of a gas station in Live Oak, Florida, and I'm here with Max Olson. We got to talk, Max. Texas has fired a coach and hired a coach. All in basically the amount of time I've been driving. Andy, I started my day sitting on my couch... Uh, playing playing some Madden and, and listening to your podcast this morning. I didn't think I was going to be on the podcast today. What a treat. I didn't think I was going to be on the podcast today. <laughs> but oh, you and I boy. had this conversation on the day that Chris Del Delconi released his now infamous statement mm-hmm. about Tom Herman. And it was a very vague statement. It was a, uh, a word salad, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Seinfeld fan, it was probably, I'd say, the, the, big, wor- the big word salad. La word salad, la word ensalada grande. It was, uh, yeah, our, our takes on that day aged pretty well. I, it, it was the, um, it was a statement that it, it intended to express both that Crystal Connie supports Tom Herman and that he also does not support Tom Herman, which it's just it's a tough thing to kind of workshop how you how you say that effectively, uh, but clearly. The message on December 12th that Tom Herman is coming back in 2021 uh, really just applied to January 1st of 2021 um, while they continued uh, a secret coaching search. Steve Sarkeesian, the new Texas coach, and this is not too surprising that Steve Sarkeesian is once again a big-time college football head coach because we knew he was going to be getting offers because of the job he's done in Alabama. Uh, there was talk that he might get some NFL action, either as an offensive coordinator or as a head coach even, uh, based on what he's done at Alabama. And so it makes sense. You watch that offense at Alabama, you want that. But here's the question. Does hiring Steve Sarkeesian get you that? You know, the, the, the interesting thing about the Texas job is I would not call it a rebuild. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian will call it a rebuild. Um, this is a program that's been kind of on the cusp here um, ever since they made the run to the 
Big 12 title game in Sugar Bowl in 2018. And so it almost feels like this this hire from Del Conte, which is, you know, just surprised me a little bit when it came out, but it, it feels like the, they're saying this is a guy who from his experiences uh, at Alabama and USC, and he, he probably comes with strong, uh, you know, references from Nick Saban and Pete Carroll. Uh, this is the kind of guy who's been around it enough to, to build the right staff roster culture uh, to get this thing over the finish line and, and to get it, you know, actually get Texas into uh, playoff contention just based on the experience he has. And, um, you know, can, can he be kind of the guy that, that sort of puts all the pieces together where for four, four years, Tom Herman got close, but, but couldn't do it. Well, and there's also the other piece of that. Cause remember Steve Sarkeesian got fired at USC. It was because of, of a lot of stuff related to his alcoholism. And he's been pretty open about that and uh, seems to be in a much healthier place right now. But that's one of those you wondered how long was it going to take or would he ever get this shot again? And I I think the Alabama offense has been so good these past few years and especially this year Mm -hmm. when people say, oh, you've lost to a tongue of Iloa. How how could you possibly be this good? Oh, you lost Jalen Waddle in the middle of the season. How could you possibly? And they just keep getting better it's not it's not even that they have better players but they do I mean they're 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 not always open wide open because they have better players they're they're getting schemed open and he's just done a really good job and that's why he's getting this next chance that's that's why he is getting another chance when some other guys after losing the the USC job would not have gotten another chance Or, or you look at Lane Kiffin who lost the USC job He's at Ole Miss now. He's not at a program that's the same caliber as mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's. Uh, I, I think the, the the probably the spin here on on Sark um, is that you know maybe he can be the guy that solves as one of the fun you know solves one of the fundamental problems at Texas, which is okay. We've now seen based on the recruiting classes they've put together, uh, Texas is you know in the top ten in blue chip ratio. Like they've got the raw materials. And, you know, clearly what's what's ailed them for years here is the developmental piece of, okay, how are we turning them into all Big 12 players? How are we turning them into, you know, NFL draft picks and high NFL draft picks? Um, you know, what do you do, you know, with those guys? You know, can, can you turn the, the five stars like B. John Robinson and Alfred Collins, who are clearly freaks, can you turn them into uh, everything they can be and, and build a, you know, build a team that, that plays up to its potential? I think that's the thing that, that leads Texas to this conclusion for, for Chris Del Conte and, and their, their administration is when we've got all this talent, you know, we're, we're tired of squandering it. I mean, I wrote about it on, on the athletic today, but um, the, the one trend of the Tom Herman era that they just couldn't break, they played in 27 games decided by one score margins and went 14 and 13. I mean, no, no power five program, uh, in the country played more one score games during this four year run. So they've been really close and uh, and just can't they just can't figure it out. And so, you know, we've we've talked in the past, Andy, about some of the potential candidates for this job. At least, you know, Sark has been around four star, five star guys and knows how to deploy them and knows how to develop them, too. And yeah. that's the thing that Texas was struggling with. And, you know, not all four stars, as Ari Wasserman, our recruiting guy, will, will tell you, are created equal. There's Correct. actually quite a bit of of variation between them because you're talking about. You know, one of them could be the 33rd best recruit and one of them could be uh, the 350th 
best recruit. I think that's that they go about that far sure. down and yep. al- almost to 400. Uh, and they're very selective at Alabama about who they take. And then you have to fit and it has to, it has to be a fit. And they can do that because they produce tons of first round draft picks at Alabama and everybody wants to go there because you might be built into a first round draft pick. Texas has not been able to do that. And so they're, I don't, I don't think there is much of self-selecting sample, even though obviously what Texas has to offer in terms of location, facilities, education, all that other stuff is, is very desirable, but they have produced what one first round draft pick since 2015. I think it's Malcolm Brown, mm-hmm. the defensive tackle, and I believe he was the bottom of the first round. I believe of the he Patriots. was 32nd or something like that. Yeah, yeah. right. So th- think about that. Alabama had two receivers taken in the first round last year. They'll have two more receivers taken in the first round next year. I, it, it's it's oh, and, night and, you know in Max in Max Rise at, at Texas. You know they were legitimately putting out. Two, three, four first rounders a year. Yeah, so it can and, and be done. Obviously, that's why know? Mac Brown won so many games at Texas. So, <laughs> and but it, that's a you well, can say it's a thing, Andy, egg argument. We have to stop and admire for a second. Like, holy! After watching how how painful and frustrating it got for Charlie Strong and Tom Herman, like how did Mac Brown last sixteen years? It's incredible. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, I know. Every year that passes with Texas, I appreciate the job Mac Brown did there just a little bit more. Yeah. Because maintaining is really, really hard. And these guys have had a hard enough time building it at Texas, you know? Yeah, you, you can say, oh, he fell off, and, and he did, but he actually was as close in his last year as Texas was this year, and probably even closer, because there was no Big 12 championship game then, so he kind of was the equivalent of making the Big 12 championship game in that last year. So, yeah, I, I think <laughs> yeah. that's the that's the thing. You want to shoot for an, an arrow like what Mac did, and so the, the hope is that Steve Sarkeesian can – one, bring in a staff that can develop these guys, and two, can develop them himself. And you can create those first-round guys, and you don't play all those one-score games. Because here's the problem with playing that many one-score games if you're Texas. You should be playing one-score games against Oklahoma, and, and you know when Oklahoma State is good or uh, when in the years when TCU is really good. But for the most part, you're way more talented than most of the teams you play in the Big 12. Oh, when, you don't when I say 27 one-score games, games, when I say 27 one-score games, 16 of them were against unranked opponents. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And th- that is not what Texas needs to be doing. No. Now, here, here's the, but here's the big question, Max, and I, obviously we can't answer this today. 
Did Texas get better? Because Texas spent $15 million to make Tom Herman leave. Mm-hmm. $24 million total if you, if you add in all the, the staff buyouts. That is a lot of money for something that is not even close to guaranteed to work. Correct. I to me, it's like objectively, it's just wild. And and look, there'll be some offsets and stuff that'll bring that'll bring that that twenty four million down a little bit, but not a ton. I mean, this is this was what they did. They took a big bet on twenty twenty that this was their year. And honestly, when you look at Oklahoma losing two games in Big Twelve play, like it should have been their year. You know, this was their chance to to pounce. And um, you know, if they hadn't screwed it up so much in twenty nineteen that Tom Herman had to replace most of his staff. Um, maybe this could have been the year, but you, you replace all these coaches, you give them all multi-year contracts because you have to, because you're dealing with hot seat talk at the end of 2019. So you need to reassure them. This is a place that, that you can come and and coach at safely. Um, they made a big investment in, in trying to get this thing fixed for 2020 and, you know, look, then the pandemic hits and that makes everything infinitely more difficult. And so there are a lot of kind of baked in excuses here, but I think, you know, that's the problem for Tom Herman is this was supposed to be kind of the year that, uh, you know, that made up for the underwhelming that made up for the excuses that made up for, um, you know, kind of over promising and, and under delivering a little bit, which is kind of, unfortunately, as much as he did succeed over these last three years, that's going to be kind of the rep on this. And, um, look, Andy, you know, we, part of this too is you had to do it because after you make the run at Urban Meyer, I mean, do you really think Tom Herman could have come back for a lame, but lame duck year in 2021 well, and, and, and that's anybody like benefits from that? I'm staring at Chris Del Connie's statement from, from December and it was December 12th when he released this statement. There's been a lot of speculation about the future of our football coach. My policy is to wait till the end of the season before evaluating and commenting on our football program and coaches. With the close of the regular season, I want to reiterate that Tom Herman is our coach. And when I look at the football program right now, I see tremendous young men and promising talent. Our student-athletes are developing, and they play their hearts out. This has been an unprecedented year for all of us, and we're disappointed that we didn't meet our expectations. Like the many fans that follow and support our program, I can't help but think what would have been in 2020. <laughs> There's still more work to be done, but I'm excited to watch our players and program move forward. You and I said this on the day this thing was released. This is very vague. And and everybody called Texas to, to get a confirmation yes. or to get a clarification about what it actually meant. And I and, and you notice, now Del Connie did go on the record with the Austin American Statesman and say that, that Tom Herman will be the coach in, in 2021. Don't know why he did that, uh, but he did. Yeah, and he was the coach. But I guess what do you say? Do you say no after you put it, that statement out? I mean, I guess you're in a tough right. spot there, you know. But, but why did you put the statement out in the first place? Well, that's place the thing. Is, it, I, is the you question. know, look, the, they chose their words intentionally, and what they could have said was, uh, "I want to be clear, Tom Herman will uh, return as our head coach in 2021." Instead, he basically said, "Tom Her." Just For a reminder: Tom Herman is currently our head coach. You know, like that's that's yeah. all he really said. You know. Yeah. And that's at that point in time, you know, at that point in time, I'm sure it's to say, hey, let's just try and do this to get through the bowl game. Let's get through signing day or the early signing signing day. And um, and, you know, they locked in, I think, uh, something like 18 signees or something like that. Um, So, well, let's be honest. Some of those guys feel feel probably uh, like they got fooled. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I don't know that all of them chose to come to Texas. Uh, solely because of Tom Herman. I think I, I I imagine they'll be able to keep most of those guys. Well, and that's the thing. So I've seen a lot of stuff 
on the internet on on Saturday saying, well, you know, they, they duped all the signees. And I guarantee you Texas is not stupid enough to force those guys. No, to they'll stay. release them if they ask They're going to release them all if they want to get released. Yeah. yeah. But I bet, especially the offensive players, are going to look at Alabama's offense and go, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll honor my letter of intent. I will report when I'm supposed to report. Uh, please give me all the Devontae Smith plays or the Najee Harris plays. Yeah, it, it it's pro- it's probably worth noting too that the, I've seen a bunch of uh, of recently former Texas players, um, you know, like the guys that played in Tom for Tom Herman in, in year one there, like Charles Amenahue and Deshaun Elliott, um, who who've said like, "Hey, we fully support you, Sark. We love you. Welcome." Like, I, I think there's like I, there's you know there's definitely some former players who are, are happy to see this change, and I don't I I don't want to speak for any current players because I don't know where they're at, um, but. You know, there, there's in some ways this may be a little bit welcomed. Yeah. So, I, I mean, let's talk about what might happen because I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I don't think they're going to lose a lot of recruits that are signed. I, I think those guys are going to look at that and go, you know what? I'm good with this. I, I wanted to go to Austin and live in Austin for four years. I wanted to play for Texas. Uh, this guy seems to run a pretty fun offense. I feel like I got about as good a chance as I would have had with with the other guy or better. And so I don't think they have a problem there. Let me ask you another question, though, Max, because this is a very unusual year. Mm -hmm. This is a year where anybody who played this year, eligibility didn't count. You can come back next year. If you are Sam Ellinger, do you think about coming back? If you're Steve Sarkeesian, do you think about asking him back, welcoming him back? Uh, I'm I'm sure Sarkle reach out. Uh, I think Sam Ellinger's set on moving on here. I think he's going pro. It's been a long four years. Um, he is, he's done everything he humanly can to try and make Texas successful. And, uh, and, and I think that, you know, if, if it had been urban Meyer, I could, I could have seen him, you know, maybe rethinking that a little bit, but I think Sam Ellinger's pretty set after that Alamo bowl on moving on. And, and they've had a bunch of guys declare for the draft. Um, so, there, there is going to be, you know, there's going to be some decent talent moving on here. Um, but I think, at least around that staff, the feeling is the feeling going into the Alamo Bowl is that uh, that they've got a, a stud in in um, Hudson Card, the true freshman on their roster. And then you see Casey Thompson light up Colorado, and and now right. suddenly you've got a pretty nice little competition. Well, and and Casey Thompson, you know, the the question is, does does he stay? This feels like a fresh start, so. Maybe you do. You know the the number one thing um, that 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 has to happen here because obviously Sark is going to stay with Alabama um, for the, the national title game against Ohio State and finish that out. Um, you know to stay on Nick Saban's good side. But uh, the staff assembly here is going to be really really interesting. Um, and it's uh, I think it's got to be a staff of you know the the coordinators obviously that's important. I think there's probably some good coaches on that Texas staff that that could be retained, but. Um, you got to put it together a staff here that can recruit their asses off because I think you look at where, um, you know, you look at where Lincoln Riley and Jimbo Fisher have their programs right now. You look at how easy it was for, you know, Ohio state to come into Texas and and steal Quinn Ewers from them for Oklahoma to come flip Billy Bowman from them for Alabama to steal these legacy guys that should always be going to Texas uh, to go to Alabama. Um, you know, the the Brockermeyer brothers, absolutely pickup truck. Yeah, it's it's uh those kind of kids, you know, that those recruiting losses I think towards the end here probably kind of signaled that 
that those elite in-state recruits weren't really buying Texas's long-term direction. And so I think this new staff um, is, is I'm sure they're going to talk a lot about taking over the state and all that because these coaches always do. But um, this staff is is going to have to get after it in recruiting because Texas is, is not that far off. Um, but they've, they've lost the foothold here a little bit that they built from from those top five classes early on in the Herman tenure. Max, we talked about recruiting a little bit, but I'm curious, you know, as Steve Sarkeesian puts together his staff, it feels to me like they need to expand beyond the Texas borders. They need to control Texas if they can. They need to get the best players in Texas or some of the best players in Texas. I think Jimbo Fisher is going to get some of those guys. I think Lincoln Riley is going to get some of those guys. But Texas needs to get them. But if you look at Ohio State, you look at Alabama, you look at Clemson, they don't really worry about state borders. They just go where the best players are. And it seems every year it gets more national where the, the best players don't really care how far they have to go right. if it's going to get them to a program where they, they feel like they're going to be developed for the NFL. I mean, uh, here's, here's all you need to know. Trevor Lawrence, who is from a couple hours away from Clemson, is leaving. The next starter at Clemson at quarterback is going to be DJ Uyunglele, who came from Southern California. Oh, I mean, Andy, e- even in 2020, like when k- kids can't even like take visits, they're still going out of state to, you know, far, far away, which is like kind of a nightmare for Texas. You would think a year like this makes people want to stay closer to home, you know? So, I mean, Clemson came into Austin, Texas and and signed a defensive back. Um, yeah, that, that shouldn't happen, you know? Um, so did Oklahoma. And so, you know, I think when, you know, <laughs> the the position they were in this year where they really needed this year to be the big year where you go, you know, you go win a Big 12 title and contend for the CFP, um, that could have kind of elevated them in a big way in recruiting, especially with their brand new facility being done in 2021, um, but couldn't get it done. And uh, and that made it tougher for them. You know, their recruiting class is number 17 in the country right now, according to 24-7, and they could still add to it. But um, yeah, it's it's... I, I think what you've seen from Jimbo Fisher and Lincoln Riley for sure should should give you some cover that go wherever you got to get them. And, and I think Bijan Robinson is a great example of that. I don't think anyone is sort of uh, you know furrowing their brow that that Texas took a running back out of uh, Arizona who who looks like one of the best best young rushers in in all of college football, right? Like you you, you have to go uh, get them where you can, and especially if the in-state kids don't want to go. An to Texas. annex of Texas, though, Max. Uh, you know. Arizona, New Mexico, those are those are annexed by Texas. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's uh it's a, it's a really you know it's it's they've kind of squandered this a, a little bit. Just all that blue chip talent they had, you know. I, I'm not saying I thought they were going to go to the playoff this year. I, I'm definitely not saying that. But you know, this is why they're making a change. They they've this staff recruited well. Charlie Strong recruited well. That's kind of always happened. Uh, you know, whether whether they've been good or bad. Um, but, um, now that you've got all this talent, I, I think, uh, Tom Herman just sort of eventually, you know, uh, through, through all of their struggles and how hard it was to win at Texas. Um, you know, you've got all the ingredients here and it just, I think, I think he kind of lost people's faith that he could be the guy, uh, that could kind of pull off the championship blueprint with them. And so, uh, Sark is of all the coaches out there, Sark's a very interesting choice to, to believe that guy can, uh, can take it from here. So we've talked about what Sark needs to do. Let's wrap this up by talking about what Texas needs to do. And I say Texas, I mean Chris Del Tani. <coughs> I mean Excuse me, sorry. The, oh, that's all right. I, I mean the boosters. I mean everybody involved with Texas football. Because 
what I see with Texas over the last decade is a problem of alignment. It's not an issue that Oklahoma has. Oklahoma has always been extremely aligned. And I think that that shows in, in the success of the programs over the years in the Big 12. But Alabama is extremely aligned. Ohio State is extremely aligned. Georgia wasn't always aligned, but I feel like is very aligned right now. Mm-hmm. Dabo got Clemson very aligned. How can Chris Del Delcani, can the Board of Trustees, the the or is it Board of Regents or Trustees? Regents, in, in, yeah. Everybody every has different names. Board yeah. of Regents in Texas. Board of Curators in, in Missouri, by the way. But no, the, the Board of Regents. All the cooks in the all, kitchen. Yeah. All of those people, how do they help Steve Sarkeesian do his job? That is a uh, well. Apparently, it's a twenty-four million dollar question, Andy, because this is where this is where we are now. Tom Herman came in from day one preaching alignment. He said it was the number one thing uh, that he learned from his his three years at Ohio State under Urban Meyer. Um, personally, I felt that uh, Texas shooting their shot for Urban Meyer, uh, while understandable in terms of fast tracking, uh, you know, this run to a playoff. Um, that's not great for alignment uh, when you try to try to replace your head coach uh, during the season like that. So um, I think now that you, you move on from the Herman era, I, I would think all those people will wrap their arms around Steve Sarkeesian and that, you know, certainly in Del Connie's uh, case, you know how it is now in, in college athletics, Andy, like the AD makes this hire. It's a big decision. It's a big hire. And, and you tie your fate to that person. And so, uh, you know, Chris Delcani, who, you know, I think the world of, I think he's a, a fantastic AD. Um, he has to do everything he can to support uh, Sark and, and to make this successful. And I think he's going to have to rally everybody around it. Um, the thing for Tom Herman that was the only thing that was going to fix it from an alignment standpoint was just winning at the highest level. That's all Texas could do in 2020 to fix their problems was was winning and a lot of winning. And And you remember, Andy, that you know, up until Mac Brown won it in 2005, um, the, you know, winning nine to 11 games every year as he did, uh, at, at some point, even that was not totally satisfactory to Texas fans. So the standard is extremely high. Maybe sometimes it's, it's too high. Um, but this is, uh, this is where Texas needs to get to. And they need to get there fast um, in order to kind of rally everybody around them. Yep. This is actually Crystal Connie's first football coaching hire as an athletic director because remember he was at TCU before and Gary Patterson was hired long long before Chris Delcani right became the AD so this is his first big 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 hire and boy and it's no it's pressure just, I mean as as we saw as we saw today I mean just with the way this ends it's just such a pressure cooker of a job it really is and and you talk about all these other places where they have that kind of alignment um, not that, you know, there's certainly very high expectations, uh, and when you don't meet them, everyone's pissed, but it, Texas, it just, it just feels a little bit different. Maybe it's just cause they've been disappointed now for, for going on a decade, basically. Are, are, but, are, are you saying Max that everything's bigger at Texas? Oh boy. I just put that on the T for you, didn't I? You sure did. You, you just walked right into that one. Yeah. <laughs> How do they, but, but it's. It's it true. is though. It's true. It's true. I mean, this. You know, I, I covered Texas football for a long time at ESPN, and I will say it gets covered more like politics than it gets covered like sports. That's just how it is around there. You know, it feels like it acts more like politics than sports, though. Yes, I, yeah. I, I'm not sure if that 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 feels like form follows function to me. Yes, correct, <laughs> correct. Yeah, it it is mighty close to the state capital there, and it gets covered like the state capital does, and. uh 
you know, that's, that comes with it. And so you have to, you, you have to find a way, um, where you can keep people happy even when you don't win nine, 10 games, you know, that's the challenge for, uh, anyone who succeeds, uh, Mac Brown basically. Right. And, and, and in this case, yep. uh, Sark succeeding, the master of keeping uh, people Tom happy. Herman was Mac Brown. So yes. yeah, if he, if he can't keep you happy, Ain't nobody keeping you. But happy. I don't. I don't totally believe that there's only one style of coach. That kind of, you know, politician who, you know, just focuses on the off field and and delegates oh, to his I, coordinators. I, agree, I don't think that's the only way you can win at Texas. Yeah. If, but if so Urban far Meyer the other attempts won, have not worked. Yeah. If Urban Meyer had wanted the job, he would not have acted like Mac Brown in the job. But he would have won games. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be Mac Brown to win there. You just you, you got to be who you are, and you got to develop players into first round draft picks. You got to win the games you're supposed to win. And, you know, I, I'd say if you go 50, 50 against Oklahoma, you're doing fine. Oh, that, that's, they've, be the way to uh, go. they've been an underdog against Oklahoma for 10 years now, Andy, literally yeah. an underdog in all 10 of them. So, yeah. Or I shouldn't say all 10 because there's the big 12 title game too, but all 10 years. So, you know, you, you can't have such a narrow definition of what it takes to be the head coach of Texas that, like, literally only Nick Saban fits it. You know, they're going to have to figure out a better blueprint than that. Well, they're going to try with Steve Sarkeesian. We will see how well that goes. It is, as usual, going to be an adventure in Austin. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this, Max. Of course, man. Happy Saturday. I'm going to go hit the uh, the gas station. This gas station has the cleanest bathrooms of any gas station on I-10. It is the Busy Bee in Live Oak. I highly recommend it. Tons of jerky selection. It's basically a knockoff Bucky's. And I realize there's a lot of Bucky's further down I-10, further west. But you know, this is this is Florida. They're just learning. Man, Bucky's. I, I I'm excited when things go back to normal and I can go down and, and visit. Uh, the University of Texas again, which I that was the last trip I took before everything shut down. And I can go visit a Bucky's. I, I, I can't wait. And that has been your Gas Station Minute with two sports writers. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you on Wednesday.